Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Clock 
um, winning the trenches and ultimately uh, winning at the end. Um, no disrespect to Ohio State. Um, I, I think they're a formidable opponent. Uh, I just seen this Michigan team um, literally take uh, a mark on the chin, if you will, kind of get smacked around by the NCAA and the Big Ten and smile in the face of adversity. Um, so if there was any team that was prepared for, for this particular game um, with X's and O's as well as what they were dealing with off the field, it would have been Michigan. And they went in there and took care of business. Um, so shout out to them. They end up getting the number two spot in this evening's college football ranking. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, another interesting game um, that kind of caught my attention. Um, another big game, I'm sure Mike Harvey, uh, Chef Harvey thinks this about uh, Texas A&M and LSU. Kind of lost a little bit of luster, if you will, with the firing of, of, of the ball coach there at, at Texas A&M. But ultimately, um, I thought I thought this game kind of played out the way I thought it would. Um, and then you roll into the Iron Bowl, if you will, Alabama and Auburn. And I'll be honest with you, um, if it wasn't for Ohio State and Michigan, based off of my just own rooting interest in the conference that I represent, um, this game right here would probably have been the game of the weekend for me. Um, the way that um, Auburn kind of had that game essentially won and kind of like a feast in the night, Nick Saban and Alabama snatched, you know, defeat from the jaws, um, you know, of, of of their opponent is is is, is wild. Um, that 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 fourth down play will probably go down um, as one of the craziest plays in college football of of recent years. So um, I loved what I saw. Was obviously Penn State not in the bowl um, category this year. Uh, excuse me, not in the college football playoff category. Um, two losses to you know Alabama. Not two losses to. Michigan as well as Ohio State uh, kind of forward our chances. But I did uh, like how we finished the season, another 10-1 season, uh, probably a nice New Year's Eve day, uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day bowl game um, to kind of put a bow on this 2023 season. Um, and I kind of get ready to, to ask the question, what's next for Penn State? We've, we've had these 10-1 ball clubs and these 10-1 seasons for quite a period of time, um, <coughs> excuse me. However, we struggled to, to to beat Ohio State and Penn State, and we've all said this here. If there was ever a time for for Penn State to to, to get one versus these guys, it had been this year. Uh, we had Ohio State um, on the road, and we had Penn State at home, and it didn't matter what we played on; we didn't get it done. Um, so, where do we go from here? time will potentially tell. Um, but I wanted to also talk a little bit about, um, as the chefs kind of get themselves in here, how the college football ranking fell today, um, as this is the last ranking before uh, conference playoff and conference championships sort of kind of work themselves out. Uh, Georgia was once again ranked number one. Michigan with that big win over Ohio State moved themselves up to number two. Washington uh, moved up a spot to number three. And Florida State crept back into the top four um, with number at the, at the fourth spot. Uh, slightly outside looking in, 
uh, a plethora of one win, uh, one loss ball clubs. You got Oregon at at five, Ohio State uh, at six, Texas, Alabama round out the top eight respectively. Um, and honestly, I, I think they got it right here. Um, I don't see anybody beating Georgia. I don't care if Alabama or, or you know, Alabama. I don't think we'll be able to bang with them. Um, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Michigan uh, plays, I believe, Iowa. Again, I'm not really seeing that situation. So it's going to boil down to what happens with this Washington-Florida State uh, matchup for the Pac-12 and the ACC, respectively. Um, and honestly, I, I do think that Ohio State finds themselves back into the college football playoff. I, I, I really do. I, I think that very the, their body of work really speaks for itself. I think that um, to beat the amount of opponents that they beat, uh, not a ranked opponents that they beat, um, is going to be something that the committee is going to look at um, when it came time to when it, when it comes time to handing out college football playoff selections. Um, and I think Ohio State just finds their way in. I, I, I don't think um, that Oregon will, 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 will jump ahead of them, even if they beat uh, Washington uh, this upcoming week. I don't foresee uh, Florida State or you know, if Florida State wins, then I'm not sure they'll get in. But I just don't foresee the committee keeping Ohio State out. I, I just have a hard time seeing that. Uh, the nature of how they play, the the the, the close score um, in the game in which they play, along with the rest of the different factors that kind of factor in um, to how this thing kind of shapes itself out. Um, I just don't foresee it, but you know the full list of college football um, conference championship games. Uh, Friday night we got um, the conference USA championship. Really, nobody's going to really look at that. But you got New Mexico versus Liberty. Shout out to Liberty for cracking the top twenty-five. Um, the Pac-12 championship is the one I was just referring to, where uh, Washington and Oregon kind of rematch uh, there at in Las Vegas at Alliance Stadium. Uh, the Big Ten Championship is going to be interesting for, for a number of reasons. If Oklahoma State uh, beats Texas, that officially eliminates Texas from any type of consideration for the college football playoffs. Um, you got SEC Championship, which is going to be interesting as I'll get out to sit through and watch. Uh, number one, Georgia and, and Alabama kind of go head-to-head. Um, and I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. Um, if Alabama were to upset Georgia, does Georgia kind of fall out of the college football playoff altogether with as as a one loss team? This is a team that has won every game that they've competed in uh for the past several years, so do they automatically fall out of college football playoffs with the with the loss to Alabama um on Saturday? In my honest opinion, it depends on how bad the loss is. Um, and it depends on how this game kind of shakes out. But I expect Georgia to kind of flex its muscles there uh, and get the job done. Um, let's see. What's the other one I want to talk about? The Big Ten Championship, I just alluded to that. Michigan um, and Iowa, the ACC Championship, Florida State and Louisville. Louisville um, can very easily get this game, very easily get this game. Um, again, 
Florida State defense is as good as advertised. Um, but without their starting quarterback at Florida State, um, I have a hard time picturing um, them putting up too much of a resistance to Louisville, who can run the ball really well, throw the ball really, really well, and right number 10 in the country. So it's going to be an interesting, very, 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 very interesting uh, ball game, set of ball games lined up this weekend. Um, transitioning and going to the NFL, um, I wanted to spend a little bit of time to talk about, unfortunately, the game that I saw yesterday um, where the Minnesota Vikings hosted the the Chicago Bears. Um, and quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, um, I had rather have watched paint dry. And I say that respectively um, with the understanding that we only get uh, 17 of these. And, you know, in April, uh, I'd much rather be watching the game I saw yesterday than, you know, something else on TV on a Saturday night um, or on a Monday evening. But I digress. That, that, that was just horrible to watch. That that was really just horrible to watch. Uh, you know, shout out to the Chicago Bears for finding a way um, to to get it done there, kicking uh, strictly field goals. But if you are the Minnesota Vikings, you have a unique opportunity to go out there and, and get yourself a win. Uh, but it's an opponent that, for all intents and purposes, you are superior than and. Quite frankly, they just didn't get it done. Um, looking at the stats really quickly, uh, Josh Dobbs threw 485 yards, but he turned the ball over four times. Uh, Madison and Dobbs and Ty Chandler couldn't really run the football much. TJ Hawkinson did get in the end zone. For those of us playing fantasy, hopefully that helped your squad out. Um, but T.J. Hawkins didn't get in the end zone. Addison was a no-show. Brandon Powell was a no-show. K.J. Osmond was a no-show uh, for most of the ball game. It was, it was just an ugly ball game if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. And, again, which is weird because, essentially, your biggest your biggest bugaboo, if you will, um, in, in previous years has been the defense. But, you know, the defense came to play. Um, Brian Flores has that defense flying around and, and, and popping people and, and playing some sound football, so the least you can do is put up some points against against the Chicago Bears team um, that has been prone to give up um, a significant amount of points throughout the year. Um, but again, it, it was ugly watch. Justin Fields didn't really look that much better, although uh, he did move around a lot uh, with his legs. He um, threw the um, he threw for two hundred and seventeen yards. Um, he was the leading rusher um, for 59 yards. It was an uh, interesting, interesting ball game, to say the least. Uh, again, it was a defensive struggle, if you will. Um, but, again, it, it was what it was. Um, another game I want to talk about, if you will, um, again, as, you know, Chef's a party to the party and it's all good, I can talk I can talk by myself. <laughs> um, just kind of bouncing around here. Um is this uh, Thanksgiving Day game with the Dallas Cowboys um, taking, you know, taking the belt to the Washington Commanders? Um, you guys know where I where where, where I live, um, and it's funny to kind of sit back and kind of watch how everything kind of unfolded in that ball game. Um, I didn't expect that. 
to be honest with you. I knew that the I knew that the Dallas Cowboys would would would, would beat the would, would win the ball game, but I didn't see I didn't expect um, them to win like this. Um, so I, I I don't know where the where, where where the commanders go from here. They did make some firings and some head kicks and some coaching moves. But I think the bigger issue, if you will, is the fact that Ron Rivera is still at the helm. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I, I don't think anything's gonna get done until until he leaves. You know, all signs are looking towards Ron Rivera being relieved of his duties um, at the end of the year. But again, time will tell. I got Thomas in the building. What's up, Thomas? How you doing this evening, sir? Took off the blazer, looped up the tie. I'm okay, man. Hopefully you're okay, man. I'm I'm hearing you throw it around about last night game and the uh the uh Cowboys and Indians, even though I, I feel like that's not the right thing to say, but um it's, it's a lot of smoke going on down there in D C. How uh, how are you first and foremost? I'm good, sir. Doing good, man. Getting ready for this baby to get here. So uh, as soon as soon as uh this baby gets here I I'll be I'll be cool, man. I'll be cool, man. So, but everything's good, though. How, how's the holiday? Oh, you you know, jam packed all over the place, but uh, still upsetting as the uh, the twelve thirty game commenced. But um, other than that, it's still good to you know go out and see people and get your belly yeah. filled, you know, as much as you possibly could. That that's a good thing. You can't get mad at that. Right. Right, I'm gonna give you enough time to talk about that. Let me get Villain in the building. Villain, what's going on, my guy? How we doing, sir? Villain is in the house. What's up, boys? How y'all doing? You know, same old pot, just a different spoon, my guy. <laughs> good to hear from you, man. How's your holiday? Uh good. Just home. Um, family came up and just cooking, watching football like the good Lord intended. So, it's a good day, man. Chilling. <laughs> uh, you know, long weekend with these kids. They they don't have they don't stop they have activities every other day so uh, uh, you know still trying to catch up with that but it's all good man how you doing how you guys doing man you know what I'm good sir I'm good I'm good getting ready for I, I was telling TP a second ago man getting ready for the little baby to get here um, so should be here next week so we just set an induction uh, date and everything so we're gonna go get we're gonna go get her so it's gonna it's gonna be fun what's the date what's the date what's the date What's the date? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask you that question. I knew you were going to ask you that question. It's going to be Monday. So that is the... The fourth. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. That's the, the third. No, the fourth. fourth. The fourth. The fourth. It's the fourth. It's the fourth. The fourth. The fourth. Jigga day. Oh, Jay-Z yeah. day. Wow. Wow. Is, is that what you guys... You going to play the Black Album when... Um... When the little Uh-oh. one gets here, <laughs> you already know, dog. You already know. You already know. Wait man. a minute. Wait, hold on. Wait, Blue hold on. Right. Hold on. Twinkle, Twinkle toes, you're breaking my heart. You can't mess <laughs> with me. Go play somewhere. <laughs> I am busy. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. All you other cats throwing shots and jigger. Don't. Do- <laughs> I mean, if you want to get technical, I could wait a couple more days and drop it on your birthday, but my wife ain't waiting. Look, she ain't waiting. She ain't waiting. Look, 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 you can do. Listen, listen. There's a couple of days. Check this out. The sixth is Sports City birthday, right? So that's two days after uh-huh. that. 
the seventh yeah. is James James Greenwood's birthday, so that'll really be so awkward. Boy, if you you got Mr. Controversy and your your baby, that'd be wild. You know what I'm saying? Then it's a lot of other things like December eighth. I think is like uh, Philip Rivers, and I think the December ninth is is Britney Spears. It's something like that. How that week go? That week is crazy. That week is so crazy. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I'm going to jump on the My family, too. So, uh, you know, my kids, I got two kids in December, both my girls, and then my nephew and nieces are, are in December. It's, uh, you got a lot of competition with TP and the, and the family, man. So, congratulations. Well, you know, honestly, I don't, th- I don't think there's anybody in my family that I can think off off the top of my head that's born in December. So, this may be the first. So, well, we oh. will see. We will see, man. I dropped y'all pictures in the in the chat. But anyway, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to talk a little bit about the game yesterday. Um, I, I, I said it's like watching paint dry because um, that, that was just awful. But I wanted to give you guys a chance to talk about it as well. And then we're going to spill into um, what took place on Thursday. But um, Thomas, you jumped in first, man. Talk to me about what you saw thir- yesterday. Um, first and foremost, as you guys know, I started Sports City back in 2009, and at that point in time, I started it with a guy named Mark Mosley, and he's a diehard Chicago Bears fan. And ever since I met him, ever since I've known him, even in here, is screw the Bears. I don't want to see him do no good because they're in a division. They've always been a division rivalry. We went to a couple of division rivalry games, so on and so forth. Boy, was I cheering for the Chicago Bears. Boy, was I cheering for him. And it's so horrible to watch a game that horrible, like, in anticipation of who's going to win. You know, like, again, I speak about, like, my, my personal here and there. My mom is a Viking fan, so it's like sometimes I want to see her do good. If it's a, it's a game that I want to see her down. <clears throat> but if it's a divisional game, it's like I don't care. And in this, at this point, Minnesota's chasing us, and Jefferson's coming back. The, the storyline is there, and they just cleared him today. Justin Jefferson got cleared to play, so he's going to be back Sunday. So I can just imagine the run the Vikings are going to go on when he gets back. So I'm like, Chicago, y'all got to win to at least keep Minnesota at bay. And um, Chicago had to lead with a field goal. Like, they they were holding them off with a field goal. And it, it's hard to watch that team play. Well, you know they got talent, and they can't put points up on the board. Like, as much as Justin Fields is a scrambling quarterback, he don't put points on the board, but he can move the chains. As awesome as DJ Moore is, and DJ Moore had over, I think, 11 catches in the game, it was no touchdown. Like, that, it just startles me on how the Bears are playing. And they still have one of the best run defenses. So I'm, I'm clueless on how this, this chemistry or this, this math goes together. But somehow, some way, they were able to pull this out and that a lot of people say that he doesn't throw the ball, and he doesn't, but he made a critical throw at the end of the game to ice it to D.J. Moore, the guy that I'm speaking of. And it's like, where is this at all game long? And I don't want y'all to find out chemistry now and from here on out, but it, it was just like the mystique should be gone if you guys could click like that all game long. So I, I still think they're probably a receiver away. Cole Komet had a good day. At the tight end position, uh, they were missing Deontay Foreman, but I, I give Chicago their credit for at least for them to hang on 
But this is scary because if they do pick up another win, they may potentially hang on to Ebra Flutes because they're actually starting to make ground now. Uh, and they're, what, I think 4-8 and eight at this point in time. But it's interesting, but I still think he may end up getting the axe. But um, you're still hearing people talk about getting rid of uh, Justin Fields. I don't know now. Justin Fields is actually starting to play a little better. So people got to watch that closely as well. Yeah, well, I want to double-click on that. And, again, Villain, I'll I, I throw this to you. You can answer this question um, <clears throat> if you like. Um, a lot of things have been talked about Eberflus, um, and if they're able to go on a little bit of a run here, um, does that save him, or do you think he's blown out after after this year? I think he's gone after this year. I, I think TP hits on something that I kind of was just suspecting for a while just because I don't – I don't think that this is the GM's guy, right? So um, I just I, – I haven't seen him develop a quarterback that can probably play in this league in Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, his best bet is to go to a different team. Um, the Bears organization seems like a mess to me. Um, I don't think Iberflus is the guy. I don't think he – I think there's better coaches that you can put on, on the field uh, out there instead of him. So – um, but I, I think I think the Bears, if they were smart, they would hang on to Fields and, and draft um, some talent around him. Can you imagine having uh, uh, Maserati Harrison or Maserati Marvin Harrison on the other side, Jay Moore, and then having Komet up the middle as a tight end? That'd be a scary combination. So. I would stick with the quarterback and try to build the team around him. I think you got some pieces, some pieces here and there. I think DJ Moore was a great pickup. So I think there's some things you could do with Chicago. As far as the game, um, I talked to my mother this morning, and she's like, you know, my mother's a church woman. She's like, you know, I was reading my scripture. I was gonna read last night. And, I started to watch the game, and I was like, oh, well, I'll go back to my Bible, because she didn't want to watch that crap. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty bad it was a pretty bad game. She went from she went from uh, 1 Corinthians to the game, and she went back to 2 Corinthians. Like, she couldn't take it anymore. Oh, wow. So, it, I mean, <laughs> it was like pretty bad. But, I mean, um, no, I mean, Josh Dobbs had a pretty bad game. I think his worst game as a 49er, clearly, a Viking, clearly with four interceptions um, on the game. Minnesota, you know, they had gone on such a nice run with Dobbs. And, you know, before um, Cousins got hurt to get, you know, they started the season with 0-4, right, uh, guys? So they were down and out. Yeah, they were down and out. And to, to be in a position where they're a playoff team and then having the Bears at, you know, at home and you not I – don't, I don't even think you could say stub your toe. I think this was a horrific loss for this team, um, you know, because they were right nipping on the, the Lions' heels in that division. And like TP said, this this is a bad loss that knocked them back and now the Lions are, are, can do – they they are in control of this division, so this is a really bad loss for them. Uh, bad game for Joshua Dobbs, which is a shame because he was like the darling, you know, the rocket scientist, all that stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's just a bad loss for the Vikings. And you know, the, like I said, the Bears. I think they need to move on from the coach. I think the quarterback can play, but I wouldn't be surprised if 
if they get the top pick, which they're going to get from Carolina Panthers who imploded their team, I don't know how you pass on Caleb Williams, right? So uh, there's going to be a lot of change in Chicago. Well, I mean, you could pass on Caleb Williams if you get yourself Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. out of yeah. Ohio State. Um, sure. So, I mean, and again, you, you could pair him with, you know, D.J. Moore like you alluded to, or you can get yourself a runner back. Uh, but if you look right. at the back half of the Vikings schedule, they're on they're on a bye this week. We, then you got they got the Raiders, Cincinnati Bengals who are who are kind of scuffling. Then they got the division. You know they got uh, Detroit. You know twice, and they got Green Bay sprinkled in there. So um, you know they can make up some ground, and especially in the, in, in the NFC. But I wanted to kind of you know, spin forward a little bit, spin back, if you will, and kind of talk about the games that took place on Thanksgiving. Um, I was talking about the, the Washington Commanders and, and Dallas Cowboy game. I knew you loved that one, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what th- what'd you think about that one um, as two of your division rivals kind of tangled and, and, and stuff got messy? You know, it was funny because I was talking to my brother. My brother's a big Cowboy fan, as, as TP knows. And, you know, I was like, I, I don't – the first half I felt like the Cowboys were winning, but I didn't feel like they were in control of the game. I felt like the the, uh, the commanders were able to move the ball up and down the field a little bit. They just weren't converting. Um, and then the second half, the Cowboys blitzed them. But, I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, you know, like like – TP would say, uh, like Jigga says, uh, we don't believe you. You need more people. Like, team, I, I, I got to give them credit for winning the games they're supposed to win outside of the Carolina game. I mean, the, uh, the Cardinals game. They didn't win that game. But the teams that they play they play that they're supposed to beat up on, they beat up on. But then, in, in turn, you beat up on teams that you're supposed to beat up on. They haven't beat a team with more than four wins. So, I, I you know they they look like juggernauts against the Commanders, but the Commanders lost two games to, to my Giants. They're not a very good football team. So, you know th- we're gonna see coming this Thursday and then the following weeks because their schedule does not get easier for them. But um, you know the Commanders, I don't know how Jack Del Rio gets fired, but the head coach Ron Rivera doesn't. I, I just I don't get it. You know what I mean? So. It was a bad performance by that defense giving up you know, as many points as they did on Thursday. And then Jack Del Rio gets fired. But, you know, Ron Rivera has a losing record um, in, in, in Washington and hasn't, you know, hasn't done anything with that team. They have, they've gone backwards every year. It's just a sad situation in the nation's capital. As you, 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 you know, you see it uh, up close and personal. Yeah. But the Cowboys, they win the games they're supposed to win. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, call the number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Got breaking news in the building. What's going on, sir? How are you doing today? What is good, boys? Uh, just sorry, I'm a little late to the party, but I uh, was enjoying the analysis and the uh, Ohio State Michigan talk. So uh, it was it was nice to have you boys help me get through my night. So uh, doing good, man. How are you guys? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm going to put you right in the fire right here, man. The Dallas Cowboys watched the Commanders game uh, from last Thursday night, man, was interesting to say the least. Um, what did you think about it as you sat down and ate your Thanksgiving meal? I mean, honestly, to me, 
I, I, I personally, I didn't, I didn't find it that interesting. Um, I mean, Washington, Washington, for whatever inexplicable reason, they sold off all their pieces, all their defensive pieces, and they fired their defensive coordinator. And uh, I mean, just like the the late great Bill Parcell said, you know. You can't expect me to cook if I can't gather the ingredients. Like, I kind of feel for Jack Del Rio. You you literally traded away the three best pieces on the Washington defensive side of the ball. Um, and you're starting to see that come to fruition. Um, I mean, it. I, I know Washington was moving the ball a little bit, but the game never seemed even remotely in jeopardy. And the, the biggest thing that came out of that game, obviously, I believe it was in the third or the fourth quarter. It might have been the fourth quarter. Uh, Jerron Bland setting the all-time record for pick sixes in a season, I believe, at six. Yeah, um, that, that happened late in the fourth quarter, and uh, it was, you know, good, good night, Irene, if you will. Um, TP, man, I'll come to you, sir. Um, you know, this Commanders and, you know, Cowboys game uh, was was wild. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to, to, to Pop, man. He, he is probably not pleased with what he's saying. Looking down on this ball club, man. Talk to me about it. <clears throat> I feel bad because uh, Washington, like, I watch them every week, regardless if my boys are on or not. Like, and I don't watch the full game because I'm more or less watching the Lions game with my full attention. But I am sideline watching the, the Commanders as best as I can, just because of the memory. But um, looking at their offense, I think that's like their key to success if they're trying to drill things home. And they don't like use it to their advantage. So you mean to tell me that they have a stud run because I have I have him on my fantasy team. They're stud running back Brian Robinson. They they often not get him the ball, but when they do, he's tactical. He picks up yards and he can score the ball. So it's like, why don't you feed him? Uh they feature the passing game, which works, but then next thing you know they go away from it in in, in questionable moments. And it's like you got Terry McLaurin there. I remember getting into an argument with Barry and serious about Jahan Dotson. So that's at least two guys that you got in the passing game to make a difference, let alone Logan Thomas is a decent tight end. So you guys have pieces in that offense that can make a difference. There's been games that you guys have threatened other teams, including the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles twice, excuse me, I got the hiccups. But they, they threatened the Eagles twice. Like the Eagles are one of the – no, let me get it right. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL right now. And you guys are toe-to-toe with these guys in division play. Like, so I don't get it how you guys fumble your opportunities or go up against Dallas and don't even look like you should be on the field. And just like Brian said, if they get rid of Del Rio, what other head needs to roll? Like, is Eric Bieniemy going to be the guy? Or when this season is over, I've been hearing they're going to get rid of not only uh, Riverboat Ron, Bieniemy may be in trouble too. So it's it's like a whole fire sale that may be going on at DC that that it just it burns me to see that this is how this team is where they do have potential to be better and uh, just like Brian said a little while ago they got rid of so many pieces and they still are competitive so it it it's bothersome to see it especially in games where you want to see them kind of like turn the corner all my life even though he's been a rival in like another sport but I love Magic Johnson especially at the point guard position, but I never liked the Lakers. I want to see him do well while he comes to the team. He can have so much turnaround to deal with, but 
knowing Magic's success re- record with like the Dodgers and things like that, it takes time. But you know, I I, I know that Rome wasn't built in a day, and it's gonna take a while, especially being in that NFC East uh, with Philly going crazy, <laughs> Dallas doing their thing too. But in a game like this against the Cowboys, there's no need for them to be losing by five touchdowns and um, losing the coach mid-season too is a whole nother thing in itself. So. Uh, Washington has more than about a year or two worth of issues to clean up. Uh, Snyder's out of the way, so they can't point the finger at him any longer, but there's still like a trail of him there. But it's just tough to know that, you know, I've I've been watching it and wanting to see him do better, and and it's not coming through there for him. It's it's tough. It's tough to watch that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, everything I'm hearing from, from what I'm seeing um, and watching, you know, Riverboat Ron is, is you know, a, a lame dunk, if you will. I don't, I don't think ownership, you know, likes what he's doing. Uh, he, he's the coach and the GM. Um, it's very seldom that a, 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 a guy can, you know, do both um, and, and be successful. We, we see what's going on now with Bill Belichick and, and, and the New England Patriots. You know, sometimes, you know, you need somebody to, cook, to get the groceries for you. You got to make sure you get the right groceries, if you will. Um, but with that being said, I wanted to pivot um, and talk about the, the earlier game. DP, you're in the building. Um, so I'm going to let you bat lead off here. What in the world took place uh, in Detroit on, on Thanksgiving, man? I, that, that was a game that, you know, we was all pretty convinced that you guys would win. Um, again, division on opponent, but we were pretty convinced you guys would win. And to be honest with you, even though the score uh, was close at the end, Green Bay, it looked like Green Bay didn't even really get challenged much. Um, what, what happened there? Talk to me about it. Um, it's concerning for me because what has gotten us this far is the offense, and now the offense is uh, slowing down. Um, the defense was actually playing well earlier in the season. They went right back to them own, their old selves. And um, the one thing, if they're really going to sit there and act like they can't create pressure or get to a quarterback, that's what's going to happen. Uh, mobile quarterbacks cause issues for Detroit. And I don't know why that's a telling tale for Detroit, but no other team. Um, and the one, the biggest part that's concerning to me about the offense is Jared Goff at the end of the day. I, I could care less on what offensive lineman is hurt so on and so forth. Jared Goff has, what, five to six turnovers in two games. That That's that's caution. That's caution. And, and the worst part of, about it is at this point in time of the season. I can see if it was spread out throughout the season. I can see if it was the first or second quarter of the season. This is in the latter, third quarter, fourth quarter of the season where things should be figured out. They got to stop us. Instead, we're stopping ourselves at the end of the day. And uh, for it to be, what was it? It was three picks against Chicago, fumbles, fumble sixes against the the Packers. Like, this is a game that everybody has shooed in for us to take care of. We already we, we went to Green Bay and blew the doors off the hinges. We lose our touchdown. It's like everybody's saying it's raining men or something. Like, get out of here. I don't, I don't want to hear that. It's a division rivalry game. They've lost a game in each quarter. That's the one thing that just bothers me is like, you know, I'm in panic mode because it's like the way that we played. But, again, the same way that people talk about the Cowboys, about how they haven't played great teams, 
Detroit, a lot of their eight wins have been up against teams that haven't had winning records, but you got to play who's in front of you. So it's like now Detroit has to make a difference in these next couple of games and not lose too much ground to uh, uh, Eagles or if the 49ers get even hotter than what they are right now. But um, it, it, if you don't want to go and play outdoors like San Fran or in Philadelphia, you have to win out. Like forget just to win games. You're going to have to win out to – try to get another game at four field outside of the one game that you could potentially hold if you win the division. So um, Detroit has their, their work cut out for them. And, and Jared Goff is the one that I, I'm like glaring at. I, I'm, I'm glaring at him at the end of the day. And um, another thing that bothers me all across the NFL, leave Detroit alone. Ben Johnson is a great offensive coordinator, but he don't need to leave Detroit. I'm sorry. I know people will try to pick him up and throw him millions of dollars. But the way that that offense did get started and couldn't put up points, I, shoot, I wouldn't want him to go to a sorry team and try to turn that thing around and waste what we got going on here. That's ours, man. We get one good year of them, and then they want to get rid of them. I, I, I want him to stay put and make this better. So, um, But unfortunately, it's a situation that people in uh, the NFL start grabbing for him regardless. Yeah, yeah. Villain, yeah. uh, I, I come to you, man. This Detroit Lions-Green Bay Packer game. Uh, on Thursday night was 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 a head scratcher. Talk to you about how you felt, man. Yeah, I mean, I said last week when I came on the show, um, I thought it, the Green Bay Packers were going to have a good game. I thought they were going to be in it, but the, I thought the Lions would pull away late, and the Lions never did because they were uncharacteristic from what you've seen all year. What I saw from the Lions that disappointed me was they got beat at the line of scrimmage. I hadn't seen – they got the best – one of the best offensive lines in the in the league, hands down. I think at least definitely top five, probably top three. And they got beat up. Like their defensive line for the, for the Packers beat up the, the Lions' offensive line. That was discouraging. Um, I think it was a bad matchup. I don't see that happening a lot. For the rest of the year, but it's something that I noticed. That's one reason why they lost the game. They lost the line of scrimmage, right? Um, you know, turnovers. They gave ball away way too much. What, three fumbles by Jared Goff? Um, that's not something that they can sustain. They can't They can't play like that um, with Jared Goff giving the ball away like he did. Um, and TP is right. The last few games, he's been turnover prone, so that's something they need to correct. Um, but then I think I think the coaching was a little bit suspect too for me because you go for it on fourth down five times and you only converted once. And I think that 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 fake punt right um, deep in their own territory was really that was just a bad call. I mean, I know you're trying to get the momentum back for your team and you're trying to make something happen, but that's just not the time to do it. There was another time where they should have gone for it on fourth down, and they decided not to, but then they go for it on fourth down on that play. And, and that at that point, they're chasing points. They're trying to get desperate, trying to get back into the game. So, um, you know, it's just they put the defense in a bad spot, um, and I think they scored a touchdown a couple plays later on that drive. So, um Give Green Bay credit. They've been playing a lot better football lately, um, sneaking their way back into the playoff picture. Uh, they're 5-6, and six, but they're playing a lot better football right now. Jordan Love's playing some 
some solid football when he had three touchdowns against the Lions. But I said it, the Lions needed to get that another pass rusher, and they they you could see it. They just don't they weren't able to get into Jordan Love's face either up the middle or force him up in the pocket with edge rushers. So. That's something that's a little bothersome for me, too, with the Lions. They're going to get better. They're going to win their games. They're going to take this division and, and host a home playoff game. But there's some things that they need to correct. And I think this was – it's a bad loss, but I think this is a good loss because this will refocus them. And I think they'll come back and, and they'll they'll play a lot, some better football down the stretch. I mean, I can't disagree with you, to be honest with you. I mean, the Detroit Lions have um, coming up. Um, a very favorable schedule, if you will, um, coming out. I mean, you got the, you got the you got the Saints, the Bears, Denver, Minnesota. Uh, you really don't face real, you know. I don't say resistance until you get to that Denver Broncos game, who uh, a team mm-hmm. that's kind of been on a roll lately. And then you got the Cowboys, um, you know. And then you got mm-hmm. the two division games with the with the Minnesota Vikings kind of sprinkled in there. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this all pans out. Um, you know, breaking news, man. Talk to me, man. This this Detroit Lions game um, on Thursday night versus the Green Bay Packers um, was quite interesting. Again, division opponent, anything can happen. Um, this Detroit Lions team um, was expected to win, but didn't. Talk to me, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think a couple things can be true, right? Like, uh, the first thing I want to say is I want to – I think too too often we we um, denigrate or, or uh, ridicule a team for poor play rather than giving credit to the other team. The Green Bay Packers have looked really good the last few weeks. Uh, they played a Chargers team that was game that pretty much our entire panel – picked the the Chargers to win. Green Bay won that game. Jordan Love looked phenomenal. And he looked phenomenal again in this game. Nobody's talking about him because they're five and six, they're under five hundred and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. But anybody who watched that game, he made clutch throw after clutch throw after clutch throw. I'm talking not just sitting in the pocket, like on the run, like on a dime, drop it in the basket. Um you know, really, really tight window type throws. Um, And I'm sure, you know, Ty can speak to this, but when you start the game off guys with a 56 yard bomb to Christian Watson, it's, it's, it's a tone setter, man. I mean, that's literally how the game starts off is love to Watson, a huge chunk play. And it's just like immediately they go in the dumps. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my honest take on this game. Number one, major kudos to Matt LaFleur. The game plan was excellent. Not to disrespect or take away anything from Detroit, but like Ty said, if you think about all the people that were out last week, Jair Alexander, Andrew Jones, both of their safeties, they were missing everybody. And we're still able to beat a team that was 8-2 and two and the second-best team you know, quite possibly in the league, just based off of record. Um, so, so major kudos to Green Bay. But I think ultimately what Barry mentioned and the turnovers is ultimately was, which was the undoing of Detroit. Number one, Jared Goff fumbled the ball three times. Some of that's on him, but some of that's on the fact that Detroit is supposed to be a top three to five offensive line. I'm going to say top three. 
you have quite arguably the best center in the entire league in Ragnow. You have arguably one of, if not the best left tackles in the league in Sewell. Uh, definitely the best young left tackle in Sewell. Yet Rashad Gary w- was in the backfield whenever he wanted to be. Uh, Goff only got sacked three times, but trust me, if you look at the knockdowns, the hurries, the the pressure that Green Bay put on uh, Detroit totally affected their game plan. And um, you could see it. Um, they go for it way too much on fourth down. This is something I've actually spoke with Ty about, and I, I kudos to Barry for bringing it up. I don't even care if they do get it. You're down by nine points in a divisional game with the playoffs essentially on the line. That's the way you need to look at this. We're, we're three quarters of the way through the season. You can't be doing fake punts from your own 23-yard line. Your defense has not stopped anybody today and, and, and proceeded to not stop them, and Jordan Love ends up throwing a touchdown, putting his squad down by multiple touchdowns once again with less than four minutes to go in the game. And he's, you know, listen, I'm all for an aggressive coach. I really am. And, I, and I, I, you know, we all want to, you know, give kudos because he believes in the players and this and that. But there's also something to be said for having belief and faith that your defense and your defenders can come up with a play when you need it, right? And I don't know. It just it, – it, it, the, the feeling outside the organization, for me, the eyeball test, it feels an awful lot like Dan Campbell trusts that offense a whole lot more than he does the defense. Uh, second point I want to make is that offense is way too reliant on uh, Amon Ross Brown. They, they need to stop trying to target him like 25 times a game. They have so many weapons. Montgomery can catch the ball. Gibbs can catch the ball. Reynolds can catch the ball. I mean, they have a lot of pass catchers, and they're running three and four wide receiver sets. So why are you trying to, to, to fit it into triple coverage to a guy running a four-yard drag? Like, it, it just – there's sometimes the way that they run their offense just doesn't make sense. Like, honestly, it just doesn't make sense. They easily have a top-ten tandem at running back, and I understand in this game they ran the ball 26 times. But I'm going to tell you, even though they ran 26 times, they probably should have ran 36 times. Um, the, the ground game was effective. They weren't completely and utterly, you know, uh, they weren't completely and utterly neutralized on the ground. Uh, Montgomery was averaging almost five yards a carry. Gibbs was averaging almost five yards a carry. I, I, I think I think you give I think you give Goff a little bit of time and you give play, him the ability to have play action, and I think this offense will go back to looking a little different. But I will tell you. The one thing, serious that I am a little worried about, something that did raise my eyebrow, is Green Bay was able to get pressure with only four guys with that defensive line. They did a lot of twists and stunts, but they were able to get pressure with four. If you look in the NFC, all the teams that Detroit would have to go through in the playoffs, the Niners in their front four, Philly in their front four, Dallas in their front four, they're going to have to figure out that offensive line and blocking because teams aren't going to send more than four unless they have. Yeah, I mean, that's a legitimate point that I'm glad you brought up, the the fact that the Detroit Lions struggled to block, you know, the front four of the Green Bay Packers, thus leaving more people in the the back end to to cover. Um, I mean, again, great point there, um, talking about force feeding Armand Ronsay Brown, not using the eligibles. 
Um, I honestly thought that, you know, Detroit will find a, a switch to turn it on because they, they've done it so many times. Um, and hell, they, they just did it a week ago against the Chicago Bears, uh, coming back from double-digit late. Um, so I just sat there and thought that they would find a way to flip a switch and turn it on, um, and that switch never got flipped. So uh, kudos to the Green Bay Packers uh, for getting it done. Before we move on to the to the nightcap game, let me give a shout-out to our sponsor, PHI Apparel. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Shout out to PHI Apparel for sponsoring this show and the rest of the shows here on Sports and Chefs Network. Uh, check out their their clothing line, their website, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles are the best team in football. The Philadelphia 76ers beat the breaks off of the L.A. Lakers. And in a couple of weeks, a couple mm-hmm. of pitches and catches report, um, you know, uh, so the Philadelphia wow. Phillies were, you know, trying to get themselves back together. Um, with wait, that wait, 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 wait. Can I ask Brian before you go, Brian? 44 points, Brian? Is this your team? Is this your word, team? Word, word, word. 44? God. Man, oh, man. You don't want my honest response here because uh, this is a sports show, so we'll we'll just keep it moving. Anthony Davis is a fraud. Anthony Davis is a fraud. I'm talking sports. I'm talking sports. I'm talking sports. That's all sports. Basketball. I told you a year and a half ago, Ty. I told you a year and a half ago, Ty, I stopped watching the Lakers after a few things that LeBron has pulled and, and, and how the organization has handled some stuff. I literally have not watched basketball in a year and a half other than playoff basketball. I tell you what, gentlemen, we can get the free-for-all back in the building on Wednesday nights. And, you know, shout-out to the homie uh, for hosting the basketball show. But, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I almost texted you, Brian. I almost texted you, but I'm, I'm going to leave you alone. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here, you know, struggling that, you know, as, as we speak. But I digress, man. The San Francisco 49ers went on the road and, and took care of business. Um, on, on Thursday night, the game really wasn't close, um, and I wanted to give Brian an opportunity to talk about it, man. You, you, your boys are, are clicking at the right time, which is good because you got a you got a tough one this week going on the road to deal with uh, the silly and brotherly shove. But talk to me about what took place um, on, on Thursday night uh, in Seattle, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, in, in – in my opinion, the, the Niners went on the road to probably uh, one of the two or three toughest places to play in the entire league um, and was able to get a double-digit win. I mean, they led by double digits pretty much three and a half quarters. Um, from start to finish, they led the game, uh, were able to run the ball pretty much at will, and um, were able to look pretty good doing it. So, um I mean, there's not a ton 
to talk about here, right? I don't want to I don't want to sit here and just, you know, basically talk about how great my team is. The one thing I will say, um, serious is as you mentioned, I do think that they are starting to click at the right time, and I do think uh, I do think our defensive line is massive. Six sacks, seven knockdowns, twenty pressures. Um, Gino, Gino was seeing ghosts out there and, you know, um, I don't know if you guys caught the stat, but Gino did not complete his second pass of the game until a minute 48 left in the second quarter. So defense definitely did their thing and, uh, they played lights out and the running attack is looking phenomenal. Yeah, definitely, man. I honestly felt that uh, this game was over before it got started. I, I, I was in the middle of my my, my, my third plate of food, you know what I'm saying, had a had a tasty beverage in my hand, and, you know, I, I was sitting there chilling on the space table, wasn't even paying too much attention to it. It was on in the background because this game was a wrap. This game was a wrap. So I was very encouraged. Um you know, by how that score came out, I had some parlays going. You know, shout out to, you know, parlays and things of that nature, man. I got some bread on that one. But, villains, I'm going to come to you, my guy. Um, the San Francisco 49ers team, uh, you know, took the, took the Seattle Seahawks to the woodshed, if you will. Um, the, the the nightcap of the Thursday night game. Uh, what did you think about it, man? Second best team in the NFL. Um 49ers are a really good team. They're starting to get healthy, right? Um, you know, they got Trent Williams, who's throwing people around all game. Um, you know, Debo is, is back healthy, so he's looking good. Brandon Ayuk is, is, a, is, a, is a stud out there as well. Christian McCaffrey, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. He, he was running all over him in the first half. Rob Purdy had that pick six. That's something, you know, he's not taking care of the football what he once was. But, you know, when you got all your weapons at your disposal, he's he's still looking good. Um, I think he's got probably one of the higher, if not the highest, what, QBR thing in, in the league right now. So, um, you know, he's playing some good football. Um, that defense is flying. They have about, what, six sacks, I think, on uh, Geno Smith. Geno, unfortunately, he's he's a little banged up. Came into that game had to what the arm injury against the Rams and then I think he left for a little bit in that game if I'm not mistaken on Thursday night and they came back in the game um, so he you know that that Seattle team is starting to not falter but I, you know starting to get a little banked up so this was a tough game for them at home and the 49ers just beat them up they really just, they just beat them up and and the 49ers you know got to get an extra long week. Uh, to prepare for probably their biggest game of the season uh, against the Eagles. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching those two teams go at it. Uh, 49ers, like I said, they're the second-best team in the league, in my opinion. Um, you got to give the Eagles their props. They're only one loss in the season. But 49ers are just as good. And I, you know, they could, they could take it to them if they want to. So we'll, we'll, I, I am definitely waiting for that game. It's going to be a good one, man. It's going to be a very, very good one. Uh, Tom, I'll come to you, sir. Uh, the nightcap game, hopefully, uh, what took place earlier this fall, your appetite for football. Um, you know what I'm saying? The nightcap game was, was wild, man. Talk to me about it. 
If you want to crown him, then crown him. The Seahawks let him off the hook. No, let me stop. Um, the crazy part about this is, is Geno Smith. Geno started out hot. Uh, he went into Detroit and beat Detroit in overtime. And everybody was riding this wave about Seattle doing this, that, and the third. And it always comes to divisional play for some odd reason, especially against the Niners, where the Seahawks or Geno don't know how to put it together. The Niners have his number, even though that's a hell of a rivalry that they got going on. And looking at how the game started, right before the game, you think about all of the rivalry games, the Marshawn Lynch uh, take on when he took homeboy on at the sideline and thinking about um, when Vernon Davis got lit up or when Sherman broke up Crabtree pass, like it's so much on the line. And then next thing you know, they play San Francisco and lay an absolute dud. And it, it looks like uh, Pete Carroll can't get that team ready for San Francisco. The question should be is if he can coach well enough to beat San Francisco. Cause now not only is San Francisco caught up in this matchup, they look like the big brother in this for real. And I don't think they're going to let this thing go until Seattle starts to prove it. And they're putting a lot of their stock and onus into Geno, where I don't think Geno will be the guy that gets them over the hump, but Geno's going to do, you know, everything he can to win games for them. So it, it, the anticipation for that matchup is there, but San Francisco clearly throttled them and um, off after the game. Uh, defense, offense, I really don't want to look at it like special team-wise, but uh, the way the San Francisco offense got it clicking, I got Kittle, so it helped me that Kittle was doing work in that thing as well. As long as somebody, if they're all healthy, it's hard to stop McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, Kittle coming in the middle of the field. Ayuk is a monster outside, and Debo is the queen piece on a chessboard. You could put Debo everywhere in the offense. So, um San Fran has been doing it. I like just from my personal life, I want to fight them because my brothers are are Niner fans. Brian and my my literal brother Quince is a Niner fan, so it's like I and I know too many Niner fans, so that's why I want to play them just to be the one to upset them. But they're playing awesome ball like Philadelphia. I can't take anything. Hey, I, I I know what I'm asking for. I, I, I know what I'm asking for. I don't interrupt you, but I, I know what I'm asking for. I know, I'm going to talk. I, I want them. I, I don't care if we go to Cali in your crib. I don't care if we in watching that game in your crib. I want to put my feet up on your coffee table in your crib. I want to have empty pizza oh, wow. boxes and soda cans in your crib. That's that's what I want. I want to turn this into yeah. that. Like I said, I they put they're, they're playing. They're playing awesome ball. I'm trying to give you credit. Look, I'm I'm bringing you flowers. I got, I got flowers. I got flowers. Don't make them be black roses. Don't don't make me bring black roses. That's all I'm just telling you right now. And you know, and you know who else? You know who else wanted wanted to play us in our crib? Dallas. You might want to go talk to Dallas fans. Wait, hold on. Don't don't you ever compare me to no Dallas. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll be wow. on a flight right now. Oh, I'm wow. on a flight right now. Matter of fact, yo, somebody look up Corny Spirit. I'm flying Spirit. I'm coming out there, Spirit <laughs> Airlines, and that's it. I, 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 I had enough. I had enough. But like I, I, said, I, like, I said, like I said, I'm giving San Francisco their credit. You know, they definitely are playing awesome ball. And, and for me being like a football analyst and breaking down the game, I want to see San Francisco stay healthy because it's awesome to see ball play like that. And I'm an underdog type of guy. I absolutely love Brock Purdy. I love the way he plays the game. He's very efficient. When everybody got hurt, oh, yeah. it was like, damn, I don't want to. I don't want to see his his season break up because 
he doesn't have the pieces on the field. And um, it's proven that, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. And um, if they stay healthy, it's going to be tough to stop them. But um, the way that they beat up on Seattle like that. and, and the, Say that Excuse me? Wait, what? But you want them in Detroit. Who, wait, who's scared? I ain't scared of the big bad wolf. That's a fairy tale. She's a little Miss Red Riding Hood. You sure are looking good. Be able to break me up, Lord. I can't even give my dialogue, Lord. This is what happened when I do mine. You know, go ahead. You can post it. You can post it, but I tried to break it down. I was even, I was even. I was even bringing flowers, and you got Sirius and Brian trying to come to me. It's all right. But if that joint line of the city, y'all, y'all buckle the hell up. Y'all buy, y'all buy stock, y'all buy stock and and baka, okay? Popcorn. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a game if it ever pops off. I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to be sitting there watching that thing. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a game. But honestly, for me, dog, um, this is the 49ers team. Um, it, 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 it's really scary. It, it, it really is. Um, you know, my wife's the Eagles fan, so I, I, I give honor and respect to, to the wife, you know, and what they do, you know what I'm saying? But Lord have mercy. This, this game Sunday is going to be wild. This game Sunday is going to be wild. So uh, that. Uh, with that being said, I'm, I'm a press call, man. Um, Dylan, I got a question for you, sir. Um, why can't the uh, New York Giants tank properly. Explain that to me, please. Um, there's no such thing as tanking. Okay. That tanking doesn't tanking doesn't exist. Uh, players, no, players, players, players don't tank. Um, if you try to tank as a football player, you will get hurt. Coaches don't tank. tank coaches want to keep their job. Um, ask Frank Reich. Frank Wright got fired 11 games into his first season. Um, that's not a – you get paid, you, you still get that, that salary guaranteed, right? So I, I don't think he's that broken, you know, heartbroken, but still, you don't you don't play the tank. You, you play the win and you figure all that draft stuff out after the season's over. I, 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 don't, I don't understand – um, that game was another one that was horrible to watch, but you're here to talk about it, man. Talk to me about what the hell horrendous, uh, horrendous. you know, <laughs> New England versus the Jets. You to talk, so, the, the Giants, man, talk to me about that. I will, I will keep it brief. Uh, both teams sucked, and the Giants sucked less. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It was a, it was a, it was a horrible game. It was a horrible game. Like my my son was, my son walked away. Like he didn't even want to watch the rest of the game. He's like, "All right, Dad, I love you, but I'm out of here." Um, it was it was it was bad to watch. Well, he had a actually he had a birthday party, so I had to take him to a birthday party. But it was bad to watch. Um, Mac Jones is finished. Like they've ruined they ruined him in New England, and you know they broke him, and he was he he's just. He he needs to get out of there. Bill Belichick, as great as he is, one of the great coaches of all time, he needs to go. Um, I think the Patriot way is is over in New England. It's just it's 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 boring. It's 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 boring football. Boring players they draft. Boring way of of winning. It just it's it's boring. Um, but even still, 
you know, Danny DeVito got his jersey mic a sub above, got it, got another win. Stunade, you know, whatever. Um, four and eight. The Giants should be six and six. That's what's frustrating. Um, they shouldn't have lost to the Jets, and they shouldn't have lost to the Bills. They'd be six and six right now. It's crazy. As bad as they've been playing all year. Yeah, yeah, that Bills game was wild. I remember that one. That, that, that was a wild game. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But ultimately, man, um, uh, Thomas, I'll come to you, man. You, you out there in that same uh, area, man. What the heck was that? Talk to me. Um, there are a lot of ways I'm going with this, and I partially disagree with Barry. Um, I don't think they did Mac Jones wrong. Mac Jones is bad, period. Um, you said go somewhere else? Where? Find a team. I want you to be in Price is Right or Wheel of Fortune. Spin the damn wheel. I don't care what you say. Put Mac Jones or whatever team you want. He ain't going to excel nowhere. You could put him in in Los Angeles with the Chargers. I, I don't think he's going to do good there. Like, we're – where is he going to do good? He can't do anything exceptional at all. He, he, he can't read defenses. Uh, he's underthrowing passes. Bill O'Brien ripped him when he threw that pass the other day and couldn't make the pass. He's bad. He's bad. They're, they're trying to figure it out on the fly, and I do feel bad for Bill Belichick. As much as I didn't want to see the evil empire break up, and even though you want to see people beat them, it don't need to end like this. Like, not like this. This this is terrible. I didn't see Phil Jackson break up like this. I didn't see Popovich. Well, yeah, Popovich is looking like this right now, actually. Uh, but, you know, all of your legendary coaches don't really look bad at the end of their career. Bill Belichick is looking back and they don't have the pieces because this is the way that Brian said it. He, he went shopping for it. And uh, they do. They picked up Christian Rodriguez and pieces like that. They just were hurt. They weren't there. And uh, some of the players didn't work out or they didn't want them to pan out. I question why they went with Mac Jones over Cam Newton now. Now now look at you. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny how karma worked. But um, for them to be in that game even late, even with them pulling them out and they still lost by a field goal, it speaks volumes on where Mac Jones is right now. I, I um, As much as you want to see New England kind of try to get back to their relevancy, they've been dominating for two decades with Brady. And uh, and I'm putting it more on Brady's shoulders now. As much as I try to say it was both of them, um, they need at least Brady there to help Belichick out. And his, the guy, Brady, was born in 77, so he's 40, 48, 44. I don't even know. But it's, can't bring him there. He can't play there forever. He can't be there forever. And uh, it's going to take a quarterback. They need receiver pieces and a, a new system. Um and I don't think Bill O'Brien going to be the guy. I think once they get rid of Bill, Bill Belichick, I think they're just going to try and systematically and put one of those coaches there. I don't think O'Brien gets the Patriots back to where they were. So the Patriots have more than a, a lot to fix. Um, even in these games that are winnable, they're still losing these games. And they're still always, no matter what, at least probably for like the next four to eight seasons, they're going to always be the hunted because of the name of the New England Patriots. If it don't get better, they're going to get creamed by a lot of teams. So uh, they better figure that out as soon as possible. I, I feel horrible for the Patriots, but um, it's almost that, uh, you know, Biggie's was beef. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, I feel no sympathy, remorse, 
for the New England Patriots as a still a fan. Um, I need them to take all these L's um, and hopefully in two weeks we handle one ourselves. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I think the biggest issue that I have with the New England Patriots um, is the arrogance of Bill Belichick. Like, you sitting there and you're playing musical musical chairs at your quarterback position time and time again. Like, if you're going to commit to a guy, commit to a guy, ride the sucker out. Like, Bailey Zappi's warming up, you know, during the week. You know, you got Mac Jones taking first team reps and they flip-flopping and switching like, like, like he's in the SEC and playing college ball. Like, if you're going to commit to one, commit to one and let the chips fall where they may. Like, you can't continue to to, 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 to do this to your team and, and think that they're going to be successful. Like, again, both both, both quarterbacks are back, period. Um, but you got to do something else. You know, if you don't like any one of them, go out and find your free agent, bring him in there, and, see, and, see, and you know, start, start a new next year. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think their defense is okay, um, but their offense is anemic. And, again, I'm a Steeler fan. I, I I I can't really talk about anemic offenses because I've, I've dealt with it for fifty some odd games. But good God, that 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 was bad to watch. Um, and speaking about anemic offense, um, Pittsburgh got himself a road win uh, this upcoming this past week. Uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and I guess the big story was last week he fired Matt Canada. This week he went out there and racked up four hundred twenty-seven yards of total offense. Coincidence? I don't think so, but I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to talk about it before I, you know, I, I say my piece about it. Um, when I come to you, man, Pittsburgh decided to show up and play offense, man. Talk to me about it. I know you, you were happy because you called me. You were so happy. It was like, surprise, surprise. <laughs> like, you know, Canada's gone. It's like, it, it, it was like happy days, like. I mean, listen. It had to happen. He had to. He had to go. It, it just wasn't working. Um, the offense has been anemic since before Ben Roethlisberger uh, was on his decline. So you know he's gone, and you get you throw you, you have over 400 yards. So I mean, listen. Like I said, I said to you, there's two reasons why you're you, you keep winning, and it's you know. J.J. Watt on that defense makes that defense a whole lot better. It's a really good defense overall. But when he's healthy, I mean, <laughs> so when he's, when, he's on the, when he's on the field, that defense is much better. But Mike Tomlin's a man. He really is. And he just doesn't accept anything less than a winning team. You know what I mean? And, and he wills that team to win. Um, they have talent, right? I mean, I, the quarterback is, you know, we'll see. But they got two good running backs that are using um, well now, Najee Harris and Warren. Um, you got some good receivers, although I don't like what uh, what happened with Johnson on that um, on that fumble. Um, and I don't like his explanation afterwards either, serious. So I hope you get into that. So um, I didn't like that at all. But as as a whole. You got a really good, you know, you got two good receivers in Johnson and Pickens and, and Faramuth up the middle. So there's no reason why this offense can't go for over 400 yards. Um, you know, yeah, you caught a Bengals team without Joe Burrow, but that's a game you, you 
probably had to win on the road, even though you're on the road. So it was a good win. What seven and four now, fifth seed in the in the in the AFC. I mean, who would have thought, man? Like, really? Like, I thought the Steelers would be slightly above five hundred uh, this season, just because of Mike Tomlin. But be seven and four right now. I mean, wow. Yes, yes. We've um, we've got ourselves some goodwill here. You know what I'm saying? I mean. As, as you look at the, how the schedule lines up for us, I mean, we can really just do some hand to bars, but I'll I, I, I save my piece for later, man. Uh, breaking news, man, I, I'll come to you, sir. Um, you know, we spoke we spoke last week pretty openly and honestly about, you know, Sullivan and, and you know, his, his struggles in, in, in previous locations. And we managed to rack up 420-some-odd yards of total offense with him calling the place for the first time and talking about him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't want to rate on the parade, so let's start with the positives. Uh, the first thing is is um, they ran the ball, right? Um, and they ran fairly effectively. Najee actually was the better back of the two with him and Warren. Um, so Najee actually, you know, looked pretty good. Didn't, didn't, didn't look, you know, like he had cement shoes on. They ran the ball, I, I think, like 25 or 27 times, something like that. It was a real good mix between run and pass, and I think that helps pick it as well. Um, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still cautious though about this team. This team, when you play Kansas City, when you play Miami, when you play Baltimore, like. Are you going to be able to keep up? Yes, the defense is good, but against a backup quarterback and a, and a banged-up Bengals team, and I understand it was on the road, but, but they scored 16 points. And we all know if, if I told you before the game started, hey, your team's going to score 16, most of the time most of us are going to think our team got an L. 16 points is not a lot of points. There's a lot of high-powered offenses in this league, and for Pittsburgh to be able to make any real noise moving forward, especially in the playoffs, uh, the, the run game is good, but, but Pickett is going to have to dial in with his receivers and Johnson and Pickens and uh, even uh, Fairmuth. Like, they, they got to get more dialed in. It was nice to see that the, the offense moved the ball, but they got to stop settling for field goals. Yeah, you're speaking to the congregation, honestly. I honestly believe that uh, that's something that's going to be addressed um, moving forward. But, um, but, but before I before I start cooking this one up, I'm going to take an opportunity to, to talk about it. Um, you know, Pittsburgh decided to, you know, unleash their offense, so to speak, and um, ran for – rocked up 400-plus yards for the first time in 58 games. Now, talk about it. All right. Siri, do you watch cartoons at all? Every once in a while. Adult cartoons at all? Every once in a while. You ever heard of a show called South Park? Oh, yeah, definitely. One of my friends is sent it to me and Barry and a group of us. And um, I don't know if you guys remember the South Park movie back in the day, but I didn't get it when he sent it, right? But it was a whole song segment in that movie 
And you know the song they were singing? Not what they were singing. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get it. I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Everybody had the Canadian flag. And I said, oh, shoot, they blaming Matt Canada. I was like, oh, that's so wow. So um, just putting that two or two together, it was just great to see that. And, and why did Pittsburgh overcome this? Because if they'd have lost that game to a Bengals team without Barrow, would have spelled a lot of doom not only for that team, but the questions that Tomlin would have had to answer because Tomlin's been one of the best coaches in NFL history. One of the best coaches in NFL history. With what he has on his sideline, he's still relevant. He still has these dudes able to be in contention to win the AFC North at that, and and they're not having their best season. They don't have, like, the best pieces there either. So just imagine if he did end up going shopping at, like, you know, Costco or Walmart, he, he's up here shopping at Aldi's or something, you know what I'm saying, and still able to make Thanksgiving happen. So I give him a ton of credit for what he's able to do right now, even with a low-scoring event, at least you got to play the, you know, you play the game to win. That That's what Herm Edwards told us, and, and he's doing it at this point in time. If he's winning nasty, ugly, once that offense starts to pick it up, and they do have pieces that can get it done, I think a lot of it – is in that mirror of can he pick it? Can he look himself in that mirror and make it happen? That is the biggest question I have because um, they're always going to be in games with, uh, you know, Highsmith and, and, and TJ causing havoc. Uh, and they have pieces some somewhat in the back end. I mean, they, they had an argument with, like, Minka and them, but I feel like that's, that happens in the midst of the season. They're going to be okay. But if they could continue to try and grow progressively, Bravo, and Mike Tomlin, you deserve a lifetime contract. I don't care what anybody in the state of Pennsylvania says or anybody in Pittsburgh says. This dude is doing work. He's been over 500 every dog on season. It, it, that's phenomenal for his team to be, to me, under par and still doing exceptionally well. So regardless if we like it or not, if they're having offensive issues, so be it in-house, they're doing enough to win games. And I got to, I got to applaud that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, man, for, for me, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet because I can talk to the rest of the show about how I feel about it. Um, was it perfect? No, but it was a definite step in the right direction. I saw some things from my offense that I haven't seen in, in quite some time. Um, starting with the, the, the taking over and, you know, taking advantage of the middle of the field. Um, everything that Matt Canada called and ran had us going to the outside. Um, the fact that uh, we took advantage of the matchup that Pat Firemuth provided um, in the middle of the field was spectacular. I haven't seen Kenny Pickett make that particular read and go there with the football unless I'm looking at him at training camp. He does it all he does it all the time on the throws. Um, but for him to do that in the regular season versus a, a very stout and stingy defense in the, in, the, in the Cincinnati Bengals was spectacular. Second point, we stayed on schedule. Um, we were in a lot of manageable third downs. The power was moving forward. Um, and so I was very, very impressed that we dominated the time of possession and staying on schedule in the manner in which we did. We ran for a total of 153 rushing yards. 
you know, this is the third game in a row where we notched, you know, the 100-yard mark in rushing. Um, so we are consistent with the running game. But I think the biggest thing that I, that, that I love about watching our offense maneuver the football down the field was the fact that you had no idea who was getting the football. We was really kept teams off balance. And for the love of God, I didn't see one jet sweep. Um, I saw a screen pass that, that worked. Um, and Kenny Pickett looked like he was on time with the ball. Like, and then, like, and then, like, he was in quicksand back. So, yeah, he gave us some sacks or whatever the case may be. Um, but it looked like Kenny Pickett, you know, was very, very decisive with the football and knew exactly where he was supposed to go with it based off of the based off the defense that, you know, he was saying. So, I, I'm very much encouraged. Now, again, I'm not trying to I'm, – I'm not painting with a broad brush. I'm not saying our offense is back. I'm not saying we're going to start, you know, running and scoring with the big dog of the AFC. But I will say this, um, you play Baltimore pretty, pretty tough, and Lamar Jackson is one in four versus uh, the rest of Steelers. Uh, so I'm not really worried about him. But we do got to deal with Kansas City. Um, and we got to deal with, you know, Miami and, you know, whomever else comes out of the AFC. Um, you know, so I, I, I am concerned, but I do I am encouraged with the fact that we got, we got ourselves in the red zone four times. Uh, should have had a touchdown there under Deontay Johnson, under Deontay Johnson play uh, in the end zone that wasn't challenging. But I, I digress. Um, to, to, to Barry's point about Deontay Johnson, um, I think he was pouting. Because on the play before, he should have had a touchdown. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't called a touchdown. It wasn't challenged, anything like that. So he was pouting. Um, Deontay Johnson and Mika Fitzpatrick got into a fight at the end of the Cleveland Brown game, um, which T.P. I don't know, I know I was yelling who alluded to that. So right now, Deontay Johnson is in his feelings. He he really is, um, and I don't like it at all. Um, his explanation was was this piss poor. He said he didn't see it, but you did look back and see the defender running in the opposite direction with the football, and instead of going and chasing after him to potentially bring him down, you just you, you just fail. Um, so his mind, his mental is not correct. I listened to Mike Thomas' press conference about that today, and Mike Thomas said this, and I, mean, I respect what Mike Thomas is doing, but I wish he would have said more. He said he was going to give Deontay Johnson an opportunity to media and talk to his teammates about, about that without him giving an explanation. <laughs> and so I, I'm leaving at that. Um, I, I need better from Deontay Johnson. I will say this: he did get in the action. You know, catch a nice go ball there on on the sideline. Uh, critical critical third down. Uh, George Pickens once again caught a nice go ball on the sideline. Um, you know, put a, again. I, I really like the distribution of labor, as like Thomas, like as like Thomas said, um, like to say uh, for from this past week again. Not paying with a broad brush. Um, very curious to see what takes place uh, this week uh, at home versus another another defense. We should be able to to to, to do well against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, with that being said, um, you know I wanted to give anybody enough time to kind of give their plugs and close out as we shut it down here. Um, unless you got something else you want to talk about, 
Um, well, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, before we go, before we go, man, um, we got a lot of contenders and a lot of pretenders um, in the league right now, um, and a lot of people complaining about, you know, scripts and refs and this, that, and the third. Um, this Buffalo Bill-Philadelphia uh, Eagles game mm-hmm. that took place um, has a lot of scrutiny and controversy uh, linked to it. And I, I, I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't at least talk about it. Um, villain, I, I, I'll start with you since it's your Philadelphia Eagles, you know what I'm saying, your favorite team in the whole world, man, talking about it, man. Uh, did, did you feel something was weird about that particular game or is Buffalo just snaked bitten in, in, in overtime? Talk to me. Buffalo can't win the, uh, the big game. Josh Allen can do everything to get you to that point where you can almost win the game, but he can't get you over the hump. And a lot of it's not his fault. I mean, that Bradbury pick was just a heck of a pick, right? Uh, he cut up around and, and, and cut that route off. But I'm looking at Buffalo. That defense is beat up. They're missing, what, their three or four best players. So uh, they couldn't get a stop when they needed to. Um, Jalen Hurts is just, you know, I, I I can't tell if he's hurt or he, he's not because he just comes when, – when they need him, especially, especially like in the second half, he just makes plays and he makes it happen. So um, that Eagles team is, is – they just find ways to win games. And, you know, they're 10-1 and one for a reason. They're, they're a darn good football team. But Buffalo had every reason to win this game. They should have won this game, and they didn't. And – you know, it's just it's just another game that Buffalo just let slip away. Um, I think they were, they were up double digits in this game and, and they let it slip away. So, um, and I hate watching the Eagles win because you know my 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 son was sitting here watching it with me and he's like, oh, we're gonna we're, we don't have to hear that uh, fly Eagles fly crap. I was like, that's right, son. And then you know, here you go, fly Eagles. <laughs> Garbage. So you know, <laughs> typical, typical, typical Eagles ruining my day, ruining my evening. So now yeah, they're a good football team. They're the best team in the league, and for a reason, they just figure out ways to, ways to win games. Even though that defense is suspect, that secondary is not. They don't. They're they're gonna they're gonna run into the wrong team, and they're not gonna be able to uh, overcome it. That with that defense, the defense does not look good this year. I mean, this honestly, in my opinion, is one team that they can run into that they may not recover from. And, again, we're going to see what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming weekend when they play the San Francisco 49ers. But, TPL, I wanted to come to you. Um, there's a lot of question marks and controversy and, you know, you know, reports and, you know, videos about bad calls and missed calls and all this other type of stuff uh, regarding this particular ball game. Talk to me, man. Does this Philadelphia Eagles team just find a way to win? Uh, do you think there's more to it than that, or, you know, is Buffalo snake bit? Now, I, I saw something that they reinvented the overtime rule for the Buffalo Bills, but they can't win an overtime with the new overtime rule that was invented for them. But talk to me about it, man. The Buffalo Bills are snake bitten. Um, you guys better enjoy it at least for the next season. Uh, this season, I feel like they'll be okay, but next season, if they don't put it together, they will be losing pieces. I, I really want to jump the gun and say Diggs will be leaving after this season, but um, 
I think Diggs may give them another season, especially the way that this season fell apart. Um, they're getting away with a lot, being the Bills, and, and including Josh Allen at that. Uh, for him to turn the ball over, I could care less if Bradbury, you know, made the right play. He's turning the ball over. For him to be considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league, it's happening too often, and he's not caring for the ball. And karma is a mother effing B if he don't take care of that ball. Because he be calling people out, talking junk. His first rushing touchdown, he threw the ball at the crowd in Philadelphia. It was like, you were asking for it. And, and karma came back around and slapped you all in your face. And you could have won the game with the pass of Gabe Davis in the end zone. Instead, you guys had miscommunicated um, somehow, some way. Uh, a bad pass that either if Gabe ran the wrong route or you underthrew him, it, it didn't happen, and you guys had to settle for the field goal, so at least you guys had the lead. You guys are in the game, but you got to put up more up against an Eagle team. I, I, Knowing Buffalo needed that game, they had to do more, and knowing that they got pieces to make it happen, they got to do more. They tried to put it on Ken Dorsey. Dorsey's gone, and they're still losing. They have to do more, and I, I don't know how they saved themselves unless the Dolphins start falling apart and lose and relinquish the lead in the AFC East, which I doubt. So it's going to be tough. They're in an uphill situation. Um, Philadelphia is the best team in the league uh, until further notice. The only one that can save us right now is San Fran. San Fran is the only – I don't think Dallas – I think they go into Dallas and beat Dallas. They won every game ugly, and whether people like Philly's secondary or not, they are winning ugly. They're winning big. They're winning by comeback. They're winning by blowout. They're, they're doing whatever necessary. I think they've been embarrassed already by losing to the Jets. They've lost to nobody else. So I feel like San Francisco is the only team that could probably consistently keep the pressure on them at this point and looking at their schedule and uh, be able to score with them too. Other than that, the Eagles have done the miraculous every single Week like I gave in after after seeing them do this to Buffalo after seeing them come back against Kansas City they've done this to everybody and nobody could stop it Nick Sirianni Sirianni coach of the year who who else contends with him I I don't know who else unless you do put a Mike Tomlin here with what Tomlin's doing with the uh, the Steelers or maybe uh, John Harbaugh with Baltimore. But other than that, right now, Nick Sirianni for the job that he's doing with the pieces, including the defense that y'all picking on. Jalen Carter went down, still came back at an interesting block field goal for this guy to be a rookie. Like this, they are doing the incredible on all facets of the game. We're lucky that they don't have a special teams killer. They don't have a special teams killer. If they had somebody that was in a return game to go crazy, Philly would be unstoppable. It's bad enough that I had to watch Swift go over there and thinking, like, hell, Swift always get injured with us. Now Swift got a battery in his back. Every time he gets the ball, it's a 20-yard, 30-yard, 40-yard run. It's like, what the heck is going on? Like, you wasn't like this in Detroit, and you was getting holes like this. So <laughs> they, they they put it together, and, and I got to give Philly the credit. I, I got a, a guy that I work with at my job. He's a Philly fan. I was like, it's, it's, no, more, it's no more junk to talk to you until somebody beats you. Can't anybody say anything to a Philly fan right now? They are on cloud nine until further notice. Yeah, tell Jessica, tell Jessica, tell Jessica, shout out to Jessica. Tell it also, shout out to Jessica. Tell us also, shout out. <laughs> I'm missing the tour. She, she, she in the bed, sleep man, getting ready to pop out this baby. Um, <laughs> here's the interesting thing that 
about Buffalo that I don't think anybody's really talking about. Like right now, Josh Allen has an 18 million cap hit. Next year, that joint jumps up to 47 and a half million dollar cap hit. Like at the end of the day, the the, the window that you're talking about is closed. I don't foresee them having the financial backing to go out and get the weapons that they need because they dumped so much money into a quarterback that has hasn't valued the basket basketball, hasn't valued the football. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I they won't get rid of them though. I mean, no, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they won't. They won't. They're getting a new stadium, so they got to keep them for the new stadium and right. everything. Like, but he's, he's, he's stuck. Regardless of that 47 looks good or not, Like he ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about Stephon I mean, Diggs, though. I don't know about Diggs, though. You, so you think at the end of this season well, Diggs gone? I don't know yeah. why. I, I feel like he, he would have been gone this season, TP. I, I, he wasn't happy going into the off season and all year and now you got his brother tweeting out stuff. He ain't you know family is family, T P I'm not tweeting something out about my brother that he ain't told me already. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's issues and I don't know if I think Dick sees that the window's closed at, at least at this point in Buffalo and, you know, he wants to win. You know what I mean? So I I, I don't know. I and it's it's tough because Josh Allen is isn't playing that bad. Like he leads the te- the league in total touchdowns. Like he's not playing that bad, but it's just you. He's that Brett Favre man. Like you, you he gets the highest of highs. He gets a lot of touchdowns, but he's also gonna turn the ball over, and you gotta live with that. But Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl playing like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this this this, this Buffalo Bills team is, is very very interesting. I, I I don't foresee them uh, getting rid of Josh Allen, nor do I see them winning the Super Bowl anytime soon with him. Oh hell no. Um, yeah, I I I, I just don't see it. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this pans out. But again, I wanted to talk about it before we, we get out the way. Um, uh, one other thing I'm gonna talk about before before we go. Um. Brandon Staley and, 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 and the Chargers, man. Um, oh. Does he survive this year? You know what I'm saying? This is the Hell team that's no. invented. And, 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 and I want to say this respectively. This this team has an invented ways to lose. Um, and, I, I mean, we, 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 we spoke about the, the, the Lions and going forward all the time and and rolling the dice and not living in the in, in, in the shadow of their fears and all, and all those other type of stuff. This Brandon Staley character um, is a clown with an extra large clown nose. Um, do, do, do we foresee him, you know, surviving uh, the, the rest of this year, or is he one of the first people to go when the season comes to a conclusion? I I don't I don't know how I I don't I don't know how he kept this job going into this season after defensive coach serious he came from the Rams 
as a defensive-minded coach, and he gave up one of the largest, if not the largest playoff, you know, the, the come-from-behind playoff loss in, in, in the history of the playoffs last year to the Jaguars. And then the, his defense, since he's been in, in, in charging land, has been terrible. Like, they got all these defensive weapons. Bosa can't stay healthy. That's one problem. But, I mean, you got Asante Samuel. You got Maram. You got all these guys on defense. And you, you got one of the worst defenses in the league, it, it seems like. This guy, you know, it, it's like they fired the OC last year and, and brought in Kellen Moore. Like, that, that was the problem. The problem is the defense. The problem is the defense stinks. Staley, Staley, I hope you, I hope you saved your money. I hope you, there's no way this guy comes back after the season. They're four and seven right now. Seriously, they're four and seven. Yeah. There's no way this guy comes back. If they bring him back, then you deserve to lose. <laughs> KP, talk to me, man. Brandon Staley, man, is. is... Is, 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 is again, I, I think it's a clown. I, I haven't liked him for, for a while. Um, you know, I, do you think he, you know, gets this turned around and keeps the charges back in the hunt, or do you think he's gone at the end of the season? He's gone, but he actually shut down the Ravens for a good portion of that game. They just couldn't stop. The running backs, the speed of those running backs was hurting them. And then Gus the Bus, shout out to the former Kane, man. He, Gus has been doing his thing. That's my homie, too. But um, he did an exceptional job at least keeping that in a game's realm. But I think he's gone. But when he leaves, right, those issues still remain in Los Angeles. Uh, Herbert has to be fixed. He's broken. Um yeah, you guys are picking on the defense, but they're one of the best sacking teams in the league. Khalil Mack is number two in the league behind T.J. Watt with sacks. So they're getting to the quarterback. Um, you can't predict the health of somebody. And Joey Bosa, I'm sorry, but you are a bull in a china shop. Like, I, I, you are too big to keep being knocked off the field. And I get it. It's something in his foot, so you, you need your will at the end of the day. But – He's been hurt almost every season. Every time he's out there, he's off the field. He's flocking his locks and, and can't play ball. It's like, man, cut it out. Like, cut it out. They need you. But um, there was a stat that I saw that um, they are ranked last in the league in blown coverages. So their secondary is the issue. And the worst part about it is you got Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. Like, it's like both of these guys – you know, oh, yeah. the State guys at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, let, let these guys go cover, and they can't do nothing. Like, nothing. Y'all gave Derwin James all of that money, and they can't do nothing in the back end. So there's, there's more issues than just Staley. Those those uh, groceries that they picked up, they need to be taken care of or reshopped, however they're going to do it. But it, it's bigger than Staley, but Staley is gone. Um, but he did a good job against Baltimore. I got to give him credit in that game, but – it's a whole season worth of stuff. I think the only good piece there, Mike Williams got hurt, so he's out. I love Austin Eckler. If they could, you know, glue the pieces together on Justin Herbert, then fine. I don't want them to keep trying to blame it. Oh, his his left middle finger has tape on it. I don't. I don't want to hear that. 
I don't want to hear that. He know if he want if he can't play, then get out and get out. Other than that, he he need to step it up too. Um, but nobody anticipated the Chargers to be this bad, especially after losing that bad last year in the playoffs. Also, so it, it's more than Staley, but yes, he is gone. I, I the you know long story short. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that that that, that kind of shocked me. You know what I'm saying? We expected a lot more from the from the Chargers uh, this upcoming year, especially with Kellen Moore coming in and what what, what he's able to do offensively. Um, but you hit on something, CP, that I don't think people are ready to have that conversation. Um, Justin Herbert is so there's something wrong with Justin Herbert. Uh, for 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 everything that he 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 does, I, I said this. A little bit ago, he's a smaller version of, of Josh Allen. You know, he's reckless with the football. Um, he's always banged up. Something on him is banged up. And unfortunately, due to no fault of his own, they, he can't close. They can't win the big game. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can't win when it matters. Um, so it, 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 it's funny that, you know, Josh Allen and, and, and Justin Herbert are kind of attached at the hip, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, T.P., you hit the nail on the head. There's something going on with, with this Chargers team. Uh, talk about another team like the Buffalo Bills being snake-bitten, um, if you will. I, I, I don't understand how they keep um, doing this. I mean, again, they were blowing leads like this before Brandon Stanley got there. So, you know, the, 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 the fact that they're doing it now shouldn't shock me. It shouldn't shock anybody else. With that being said, gentlemen, we were at the tail end of the show, man. I want to thank you guys for rocking with me. Uh, Villain, man, give me a plug and a close up and shut it down, my guy. Yeah, man, listen, thanks for having me. Great show. I uh, love talking some football. Go for the state. We're going to get this championship. Even with our man Jordan Tratton's out, man, we're going to get this chip. But, uh, yeah, talk to you guys later, man. Have a good night. Yes, sir. Hey, yo, Villain, before you bounce out here, man, I mentioned earlier that you yeah. guys climbed back into the college football playoff, man. Talk to me a little bit about that real quick. Yeah, what a great weekend of football. Alabama sneaks a, a win um, against Auburn, their, their rivalry game. You know, Florida State, you know, we were down. I didn't think we were going to win that game. I was texting some guys, I was texting TP and some other people. I didn't think we were going to win that game against Florida, but we pulled it out. But, the, the, you know, <laughs> our quarterback is just, I don't know, man. We're, if we get him, we're going to get spanked. But uh, it's, it's good to be in it. I can't wait for a 12-team playoff. Uh, next year, but Florida State, you know, got the win. Georgia looked good, impressive, but Michigan game of the game of the weekend. Um, heck yeah. of a heck of a game. They really beat up on Ohio State, three straight against them. It's crazy because Day is like what forty and 0, forty and zero against the rest of the Big Ten, but uh, one and three against Michigan and might lose his job. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, that's um, crazy. You got to win that yeah, you got to win that game against um, Michigan. So, um, shout out to them. You know, Harbaugh not being there, what have you. But, you know, Forum is a heck of a back. Um, you know, the defense made plays when, when they needed to, even though Harrison uh, was starting to get a little hot. Their quarterback was playing pretty well. But at the end of the day, Michigan just beat up on Ohio State. Ohio State aren't that, those bullies anymore. Michigan bullied them a little bit. and. Um, it's a great weekend of football, so waiting for a championship week, and it's going to be fun. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for coming by. CP, man, talk to me, my guy. Um, give me a plug and a close. I'll just shut it down, man. Anything college you want to talk about? I, I spoke about it earlier before you guys got the building. Uh, but, yeah, man, give me a plug and a close. I'll shut it down. Oh, man, these championship games mean everything. They're the conference championships. Um, just to see how this does break down. Uh, and and this, is, this is what college football gets, actually, because you want to, oh, we're going to sit on our hands and wait till 2024, 25 to give you 12 team playoffs. It's like, no, you need it now. Like, make it competitive now. Stop waiting. Oh, we got to make sure that this team is there in hotels and everybody gets their millions of dollars. Don't worry. We'll do it down. Now look at you. Now all of this parity across the board, and you're only going to be able to put four in. Like, like this, this is what you get. It's a vicious word called karma. So, um, We'll see. Um, hopefully, yeah, I, you know what, Barry, just for your sake, I hope Florida State do start winning. So if they do get up in there and play a Georgia or play a Oregon, because I had to deal with these dudes this weekend, y'all. They they, they try to cover me talking about, like, duh, tired or something. I'm like, they, Florida State can't play these teams without Jordan. They need Jordan Travis, bro. They need him. But I, I want Florida State to cause their habit because I would understand if it was my team and, and we got sold short because of – an injury, and we could go out there and play. I want to see if Florida State can run with the dogs, and if they get blown up and beat up bad, at least they tried, you know. But other than that, that that's the nature of the sport. You play the game. There's no paper champions, and uh, you know that play that happened in the Alabama game. I spoke about it in the brunch. It was incredible. Um, Milrow was screaming, "Give me the Heisman!" That was a hell of a throw. It was a hell of a throw, but um. College football is at its best. I don't know who wins the Heisman. I, I really think it's either Bo Nix or Michael Penix. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was one of the guys, but I don't know if this loss hurts him. But um, this is a, a fight to the finish. And it's like I said, everything comes up into this week in uh, conference championship uh, Saturday. So we'll see, you know, who hangs on to the, the trophy and who gets to advance with their zero or better schedule record. So, on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Thank you so much, sir, man. Pleasure speaking with you both, with you two gentlemen. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to say this, man. I, I'm, I'm going to say this every time I get on these airways, man. We are in the burn months. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're about to head into December. Uh, this is a really, 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 really big time. People uh, suffer from depression. Um, and, and just things of that nature, man. Again, be kind, uh, love on somebody, you know, bring bring a smile. Uh, I, I started talking to my, my, my son about preparing uh, a goodie bag for, for, for those that, that are on the side of the road, homeless. Um, you know, just be kind, man. You never know what somebody else is going through, man. With that being said, Lord, when I jump up with you guys on the next one, man, again, CP said this, tell a friend to tell a friend of the chefs again. Cause they don't know, man. Now we know, man. We are. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom! Sports city chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. To tell a friend, it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in. We on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, Chef, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, 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 Chef,
Connecticut. Uh. 